This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. He'll just dump one off and it's intercepted. Odell Willis has it. Tipped it up into the air and then pulled it down. The Merrick Commonwealth comes up with the interception. Rebound comes off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter short side. He scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Welcome aboard, everybody. Hope you had a great Canada Day weekend, the 4th of July. To everybody listening in the United States, thank you. Appreciate that you like Edmonton sports so much. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. It is 6.06. My name is Reed Wilkins. Good to have you along for the ride this evening. Hey, big football game coming up on Friday. The Chris Jones-led Saskatchewan Rough Riders will be in town. Both teams are 0-1. Our Eskimos broadcast on 6.30. Chad will start at 6. The game will kick off at 8 over at Commonwealth Stadium. The Eskimos show with Morley Scott returns. It is on from 8 to 9 tonight. Well, we knew this could be the day by which your Edmonton Oilers roster had a bit of a shakeup, and that certainly happened last week, didn't it? Taylor Hall, after six seasons for the Oilers, During much of that time, he was the Edmonton Oilers' best player. He was, of course, traded to New Jersey for Adam Larson. And then on Friday, Milan Lucic signed as a free agent by the Edmonton Oilers, $42 million over the next seven seasons. I want to break that down a little bit more. Some things struck me about some of the comments made by the parties involved in those deals last week that I want to break down a little bit more in depth. Of course, you're always welcome to chime in. had some great chats with all of you last week. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins and the email is inside sports at 630ched.com. The Blue Jays are in action tonight leading Kansas City 1-0. That one is in the bottom of the fourth at Rogers Center. Aaron Sanchez on the hill for the Jays. He's been great so far this season. Coming into tonight has an 8-1 record with a 3.08 goals against average. Uh, we're going to go out to Jasper as well for Oilers Orientation Camp. Tom Gazzola from Oilers TV will have an update and a huge event in our city this weekend, the Canadian track and field trials to make that Olympic team for Rio. So Peter Ogilvie from Athletics Alberta is going to check in on that. Oh, I also want to say congratulations to Team Brick Alberta. They jump out of the gate with a big 5-2 win this afternoon at West Edmonton Mall at the Ice Palace. 5-2 over Team Pennsylvania to open up the Brick Invitational, their first of six round-robin games. Brock Souch had a natural hat trick for Team Brick Alberta, who will play again tonight 
at 8.50 p.m. against the Chicago Junior Blackhawks. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. Two pools of seven teams each, so you get six round-robin games. Everybody has one day where they have to play two games. Team Brick Alberta getting that out of the way today. Yeah, Brock Souch, great game for him. He gets the natural hat trick. Team Brick wins 5-2. Okay. Uh, we'll touch on the, the Kevin Durant deal a little bit later on as well. He gets $54.3 million over the next two years to go play for Golden State. So one of the, well, I mean, they didn't win the championship, but the best team in the league during the regular season gets even better. They're probably going to have to get rid of a couple guys to stay under the salary cap, but Durant is a great scorer. He's been a great player for several years. He just goes to goals. The salary cap in the NBA Matthew Panashik on the other side of the window. I don't know if you looked this up. The salary cap in the NBA, $94.1 million. That's they pay, crazy. They pay 12 guys, right? And, and in hockey, it's going to be, what, 73 this year? It's been in the low 70s for a couple of years. They pay 23 guys. So I, I didn't realize this. Steph Curry, now with this signing, the fourth highest paid player on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that's interesting stuff. Okay. I want to dive into some talk here about uh, last week, and I'm going to call this my, my top six quotes from last week through all the Oilers news that, that happened. And some of these stuck out to me at the time, and I didn't really get a chance to talk about them because there was a lot of emotion from everybody last week, a lot, a lot of what if, a lot of uh, excitement, some disappointment about what had happened with the Oilers roster. And this, this roster is different. Maybe there weren't as many changes as I thought. I, I would have thought maybe by now, my, by now, Neil Yakupov wasn't an Edmonton Oiler. So, I mean, you've, uh, you've subtracted Hall. That's the big one. Korpakoski was, uh, was, was bought out. The big additions, certainly Lucic, certainly Larson, and we could spec Jesse Pugliarve to make the roster for, for next year. So those, those are the changes overall. And Peter Shirelli said this on Friday, shortly after the free agent signing. Well, we've improved our team significantly. We've added uh, what I uh, assess as a top defense, and regardless, I mean, he's he's going to be he's going to be a two at some point, uh, Larson. We've added uh, Milan Lucic, um, who is going to help uh, lead this team. He's going to play a physical style of hockey. He's going to score. He's got a really nice set of hands. So, I, uh, you know, we've lost a good player, very good player in Taylor, and who was a, a real significant part of this team. But I, you know, I feel that we've improved by this the style of player that we've brought in and uh and our approach to the game so peter shirelli right off the top there said we improved our team significantly and to me that is a very definite statement from a guy who who i think in the in the 14 or 15 months he's been the edmonton oilers general manager has not made a lot of definite statements Peter Shirelli, and I, I don't blame him for this. This really isn't like, oh, I wish he wouldn't do this. I, he's, he's the general manager of a team. He's negotiating with other general managers. There are, you know, the, the stakes are high. This is, he's been brought in here to, to, to fix everything that's, that's wrong and off the rails, right? So he's putting his neck out there with some of these moves, right? But he made a, and, and, and let's not forget, when he's been interviewed about, going into the draft, going into the trade deadline. 
He'll give you the odd little nugget, but it's usually nothing more than things that are already obvious. Going into the draft, hey, we need a right shot defenseman. Okay, thanks. Anybody who's followed this team for any length of time realizes that. Hey, uh, we might trade the fourth overall pick. We're getting offers for it, and I'll listen to it. And if I trade the pick, then I'll trade it. But if not, then I'm not going to. I mean, that, that's basically what he's saying. Peter Shirelli can often use a lot of words and say very little of substance. And, and, and that's fine. That's fine. I understand that has to be his approach. has to be his approach to business, and he knows other teams are paying attention and listening, and he's not going to tip everybody off. That's fine. But I just think when he comes out and says... Well, we've improved our team significantly. We've. Had- I mean, that, to me, that's a significant comment, that he thinks they've improved the team significantly. Especially when you consider they have deducted a guy who I think even Hall's harshest critics would agree is a really good hockey player. Is he a perfect hockey player? Of course not. But my, my assessment of Taylor Hall doesn't change... Now that he's a New Jersey Devil than it was when he's an Edmonton Oiler. He's a very good hockey player. He skates well. He can drive the play. He can finish. I think he's a reasonably good setup man. I don't think he's an elite passer, but I think that part of his game improved over the years. I thought his first 50 games this past season were probably the best maybe all-round he'd ever played in the NHL. He's gone. He's one of the best left-wingers in the game. But Peter Shirelli still feels the team has improved significantly. Which leads me to believe he's really, he really, really believes in Adam Larson. I don't think anybody believes in Adam Larson more than he does. And I now know that, you know, I've been reading stuff now that the emotion of the trade is subsiding a little bit. Some people, some people are looking at Adam Larson and saying, oh, this guy could be fairly valuable. Maybe there's a bigger upside to this guy than we're seeing. Maybe you can't just look at his statistical numbers, his you know his, his offensive numbers or everything, and say okay he's he's not that he's not that good. That there are other elements to his game that can perhaps be celebrated, and maybe he's going to improve. But it seems like Peter Shirelli is more on board with this guy than anybody else, and clearly has a huge value for what Milan Lucic can bring to the game. I mean, I I want you to think about this for a second. Really all that's changed about the Oilers roster. You're going to add Pugliarve, who still is a bit of an unknown. Again, I don't want to place too much on an 18-year-old kid to come in and save the day or play first-line right wing. You've added Adam Larson, who's clearly going to play a lot for the Oilers. And you've added Milan Lucic, who has a different element than Taylor Hall. But in my mind, it's unlikely he's going to produce the points Taylor Hall produces. But Peter Shirelli thinks that adds up to significant improvement. If he'd added another defenseman, maybe I could be on board with that. But it's tough for me to say this is going to be significant improvement. And I suppose as well, it depends how you define significant. The Oilers improved by seven wins from 14-15 to 15-16. Is that significant? It's bordering on significant. I think if he hadn't touched the roster, they would have they would have had a chance to improve by seven games, with especially if McDavid is there for a full year and Talbot is there for a full year. If significant improvement is that ten wins? Does Peter Shirelli think they can win half their games? Does he all of a sudden see them as a playoff team? I just found it interesting. He came right out and said. We've improved our team significantly. 
when they've deducted one of the three most significant players on the roster. And I believe the other two most significant players to the Oilers are Connor McDavid, for obvious reasons, and Cam Talbot, because your starting goaltender should always be significant, and I think he will be. Quote number one that struck me from last week. I want to get to some more. You can chime in, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. This text says, Reed, you're a funny guy. You said goals against average for Sanchez. Well, I've already, did I say that, Matthew? Well, thank you. You could have jumped in and corrected me. Earned run average. I do know the difference, believe it or not. May not seem like it tonight. We're back after this break. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Yeah, Alouette's receiver Deron Carter suspended one game for bumping Red Blacks coach Rick Campbell in their game last week. Uh, Rick Campbell was uh, fined for the incident. Deron Carter, great player, back in the CFL after getting a shot in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be played on top ten lists for years to come, I assume. 780-496-0063. If you want to jump in tonight, you can text us at uh, 630-630. The Big L says, uh, Reed, maybe Sanchez can help the Oilers power play. Come on, he's a goalie, not a defenseman. (laughs) I wish I could say that was the first time I've done that, but it wasn't, and it won't be the last, where I've used a term from one sport in another sport. Earned run average for Sanchez, not a goals against average, which is going down tonight. He's yet to allow a run, 1-0 Blue Jays, bottom of the fifth. Okay. Uh, Skojok, I hope I'm saying that right, on the text line, says, I think if Larson turns out to be a 7-goal, 23-assist, right-shot D-man who can play 22 minutes, a Robin Regeer type, then Peter Shirelli can say they have improved significantly and the trade does not look so bad. Well, that's a fair point. I think this trade, we have to probably have a more sober evaluation maybe by mid-season than even now. I, I know it would be nice to now just say, okay, it's it sucks, whatever, why did he do it? And a lot of you are saying that, and I understand the emotion to it. But maybe when we get into the season, we'll say, oh, that guy's exactly what the Oilers needed. Or maybe we'll say, you know what, he's not good enough. We miss Hall. He fills a hole, but there is a bigger hole with Hall gone. Maybe that's what we'll be saying. Uh, 6.23 is the time of day. All right, my uh, clip number two of my six that stand out from last week. If the question is the, the prior deal, would I have done it? Uh, I, that deal was being done. Yeah. So there was, there was no, absolutely no connection to, uh, to, to this. So that was Shirelli. Because what happened when the trade was made? We thought, well, this isn't automatic. They're getting Lucic. They're getting Milan Lucic. He's coming to Edmonton. That's why he traded Taylor Hall. He'll bring in another left winger. Peter Shirelli there says, we would have traded Taylor Hall anyway. Now, I think he had a pretty good idea. He was in the top two for Lucic. He said that the visit went well. It was good to catch up with Milan. They have a relationship with Boston. I would think he knew he had a pretty good chance. But he said a couple times when asked, I didn't know for sure. I still had a bit of a nervous night. 
Now, the signing was announced pretty quickly. So, you know, again, Edmonton was a, a strong finalist all along. But he didn't know for sure. And he says he would have made that trade independent of signing Lucic. Now, if we take him at his word, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that he was prepared to potentially go into the new season with no Hall and no Lucic, but with a Larson? With Maroon, with Pouliot, with Hendricks, and I guess a mystery left winger that they would have had to find or bring up from the farm or, or shuffle people around. I, I, I find that very interesting, that Shirelli was at the point where he was ready to go into a season without really an automatic top-line left winger. we got one of our regulars calling in there, Matthew, if you want to grab that quick. He, he, according to what he said, now it's easy to say that after, you know, Lucic is signed. Fair enough. But interesting to me that he was, he was ready to, to see how this team looked without Taylor Hall because he needed that defenseman that bad. And, and again, why was this trade made? As I say to many of you who have contacted me and contacted the show and been upset about it, Shirelli ultimately didn't make the trade to upset you. And he ultimately didn't make the trade because there was a better trade out there. His choice was between not making the between making that trade, Hall for Larson, or not doing anything. And maybe risking not being able to get a defenseman all summer long. And he chose making a trade that he probably knew was going to be unpopular and probably knew that was going to be risky. But he was willing to do it. And he was willing to do it without knowing for sure he was going to get Lucic. I, I think that's a very powerful statement on how badly this team needed defense. And is that a statement as well on ultimately how Shirelli values Taylor Hall? Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Hello. Hello? Chris, go ahead. It's Reed, buddy. Oh, oh, sorry, man. I, I usually am expecting like a little, like a beep or sorry. It, it's been a long weekend. I, I had like a four-day weekend, so. Nice. Um. Yeah, so what were our, our biggest needs as, as a team? We were having a tough time getting the puck out of our own end. Uh, we were being pinned down uh, on a yearly basis. Like, I remember, you know, other teams would spend like 30, 40 seconds in our own zone before we'd actually get the puck out of, out of uh, our own end. And our other major uh, weakness was actually keeping the puck in the offensive zone for an extended period of time and also, you know, forechecking and all that stuff. And I think that we have corrected and are going to improve on two of those. We're going to improve on, um, you know, getting the puck out of our own end because for all intents and purposes, Adam, Adam Larson looks like a player that gets the puck out of his own end and gets it out pretty pretty easily. It's not nothing flashy from what I've seen, the few little little clips here and there that I've seen. He's not anything flashy. He just seems like a solid player that'll get the puck out of his own end. Seems like he does the, the little things, the, the simple things um, good, as opposed to trying to make the, the fancy passes. And uh, the other part of it is, you know, a, a deep, consistent four-check pressure in the in the offensive zone, which seems that uh, Belon does that very well, too. So 
so that right there is going to improve us significantly. What what we're lacking, obviously, is we're lacking that power play quarterback, uh, the uh, the defenseman, which hopefully we get, and then a couple of uh, a couple of other uh, players that uh, will probably ship out and uh, and either sign or trade for. Because we've got uh, my other guy that I wouldn't mind seeing leave is uh, Benoit Pouliot because you know he just to, to me he just doesn't seem to to use his body enough and. If he could, if he could, if he could come in next year and actually use that big frame of his, like Bob says, I don't think uh, Benoit knows how how good he can be. Uh, then we were going to be that much better because we have some big, big not coke machine players like we've uh, we've been accustomed to, but actual NHL players that can put the puck in the net, that can control the puck, that can make it difficult for the opposition not only to. Uh, take the puck away from us, but, you know, push us off the puck. And, and that's what DeLon does. That He is a strong, physical player that's not going to let the other team push us around, which, let's face it, I've said this before, we're, we were a cupcake team. That's all we were. And for people to, to, to say that, oh, we, we lost a lot of skill, we lost a lot of skill, but we still were 26th in scoring. You know, it's not like we were a top, a top uh, like a middle-of-the-pack team in scoring, let alone a top team, so... I hear you, Chris. Chris, I got a break for the news, buddy. Thanks for calling, okay? Hope you had a good 4th of July down there. Thanks, man. That is Chris from Phoenix. We'll get to some of your thoughts on the text line. A few more highlights from last week when we continue. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Everly, McDavid, Lucic, could that be a line? In October, Oilers are going to open up the regular season with a home-and-home against the Calgary Flames. First Sunday night of the regular season, the Oilers will be home to Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Again, Friday, 6 o'clock pregame show, 8 o'clock kickoff. Eskimos against an opponent from the province of Saskatchewan. <laughs> that might narrow it down a bit. Should be a good one. Uh, both teams 0-1. The Eskimos lost that wild overtime game to Ottawa in Week 1. They were off last week. The Riders were off in Week 1. And uh, looked like they were off in parts of Week 2 as well as they lost uh, fairly decisively to the Toronto Argos. Morley Scott has the Eskimo show from 8 to 9 tonight. Want to catch up on a few texts to 630-630. Phone lines are open as well if you feel like chiming in tonight. 780-496-0063. Troy said, uh, By the way, I really wish people could separate the crappy trade itself from the machine that Pete Chiarelli is trying to build to make the Oilers more competitive. I'm also not 100% convinced that there wasn't an issue with Hall in the locker room. Uh, I actually would have put my money on Eberle, but now it makes me wonder. That is from Troy. Uh, This texture says, Reed, it's quite evident to all that you carry a torch for Hall. However, it's thin ice you skate on if you are attempting to build a fire under Shirelli. Guess you have no plans on entering the dressing room. I don't even know what that means. Do I carry a torch by Hall by saying he's a good player? He is a good player. (laughs) Sometimes people confuse just like analyzing a player with emotional. 
And uh, I enter the dressing room every day the team is home during the season to interview players. If that's what that texture meant. I don't know. That was confusing. Uh, Yakushev says, Lucic will have to score 50% more goals than he did last year for at least the next three years to make the impact the Oilers need. Will Shirelli's legacy be that he traded Taylor and Tyler? Well, I think it already is. Freddie says, Reed, time to let this Hall trade go. It's over, done, move on. Clearly, Shirelli sees both Adam Larson and Taylor Hall in a somewhat different light than some others do. I'm all in with Shirelli. Love what he's done so far, and I share his vision for this team. Big, intimidating, balanced, assertive, and talented. That is from downtown Freddie. uh, J and GP says, all due respect to Larson, but isn't he in essence clef bomber nurse at their maximum potential? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's probably not going to produce a lot of points. I mean, maybe maybe if he continues to mature, he can be a high 20s guy. He had 24 the year before last. He only had 18 last year. I mean, like Shirelli said, Shirelli sees him as a solid number two. We'll see if he gets there. Jared says, I don't buy Shirelli saying without Lucic, he still would have done the Hall trade. I believe he was on the fence and Lucic tipped the scales. Rod says, had Shirelli not gotten Lucic, there would have been more deals to get a top left winger. Don't be fooled. Shirelli's not that stupid. Sean says, after the past 10 years, I'm a show me, don't tell me. So until January, oh, hang on, just refreshed on me. Uh, so until January, I will put his statements in the same file as bold moves, tier two fans, and knowing something about winning. That is from Sean. Well, I mean, fair point. I mean, we can we can pick this to death right now. Ultimately, like like Sean says, we'll know better in January. Greaser says Shirelli is right. Lucic should be a great leader. Him and the big Finn will make up all of Hall's points, and we need Big D just as bad as we needed a goalie. Harv says, I think we are underestimating Lucic's point total as he has always meshed well with his teammates. I have a good feeling Connor is that ingredient. And Chuck says, hey, Reed, from this time last year, the Oilers are a much better team. Don't forget the injuries to Clefbaum and Davidson. Well, that's that's another interesting thing. Um, Shirelli also, I think, looks at Clefbaum as almost an addition to the roster because he missed, I mean, he was out since the middle of December. I think it was December 11th, the Glenn Sather game. That's the one he got hurt on where the Oilers won 7-5. So I think Shirelli's also looking as I'm adding Larson and we're adding Clefbaum. So we'll see. Um, And uh, Davidson, sure, missed the last, whatever it was, dozen games or so. So hopefully you're not having Osterley and Party. I mean, even Griba was hurt at the end of the season. So it was a pretty patchwork defense by the end of the year. Uh, this texter says, uh, Reed, are you going to miss Rexall Place now that you'll never step foot in there again? <laughs> well, I have a feeling I will be there again for some reason because if they need to do something, they're still going to have to do it at Rexall Place for the next little while. I'm, uh, I'm ready for the new building. I think it'll be exciting. Rexall's been great. A lot of great memories in there. I think for a true NHL caliber arena, it no longer fits the bill. All right. 
780-496-0063. You can text 63630. I'm going to uh, just put down that torch I'm holding for Taylor Hall so I can play this clip from Lucic's agent, Jerry Johansson. Well, I mean, I guess it's funny. I tease Milan. He's the oldest 28-year-old player I've ever had. Apparently, he's like 47 years old or something, the way some people talk about terms. So, I mean, Andrew Ladd got a seven-year deal with the Islanders. Uh, so, yeah, Milan's, uh, you know, I think he's, his words were he, he is a super competitive guy. He's a, a phenomenal athlete. Like, he's a, uh, he's a bit of a freak in terms of, of his, his build and how, he is, how, how God put him together. But he, the guy's going to play. I don't see him slowing down not one bit. And, he, you know, like he said, he can, he's not going to get less tough in seven years. His skating is very underrated. And uh, and he's got great hands. So I mean, I'll let everybody. You got a few years to make that decision on what you think. But I'm sure seven years from now, no one will be unhappy. Milan's still an Oiler. All right, Jerry Johansson. I, I thought that was an interesting comment. That apparently he's uh, actually 47 years old, not 28. I, again, I don't think anybody has uh, has much of an issue with the short term impact. Milan Lucic is going to have on the Edmonton Oilers. How long will that impact be at a high level, at a first or second line left wing level? Because I don't think you want a, a $6 million player on your third or fourth line. He plays that style of game where, yes, he might break down a little quicker. Um, he plays a rugged game. I, I, you know, the thing is for me, I, I'm fine with the length of the contract. You weren't going to get him for anything less, most likely. He was offered longer term elsewhere. That would have been to stay in L.A. because you can sign your own players for eight years as opposed to other teams can only sign them for seven. Shirelli referenced he was offered more money somewhere else. So he wanted to come to Edmonton. He wanted to be with Shirelli again. I, I, I guess here's my question to, to the people that, that, that criticize the length of the deal. And I'm going to ask a slightly different question than the one we were asking last week. A lot of the, I think most people would agree, Milan Lucic is a unique player. If he's a unique player, then why do the rules about him breaking down as the same age as everyone else apply? Right? He hasn't missed a lot of games due to injury. He's usually injuring other people as 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 opposed to getting injured himself. He weighs two hundred and thirty pounds, so just by the law of physics, he's going to come out pretty good in most collisions. So, anyway, I enjoyed that comment by Johansson, and I thought, you know what? If he's unique, he's unique. Maybe he plays at a high level longer than other guys his age. I, I know there are all the comparables you want to look at, but ultimately it's a player-by-player -player basis. Lucic, of course, talking a little bit about family. I know the fighting factor is, is, isn't what it used to be, but, you know, there, there still is a, a, an intimidation factor of, of, of the team toughness. And that comes from, you know, for checking hard and, and, and getting in there on scrums and, and, and responding when, when, when something happens to a teammate. And, you know, that goes a long way. That goes a long way of, of the team starting to become a family. And when the team becomes a family of a group of guys, you know, that's, that's when you start becoming a, a, a real hard team to play against. And, you know, when I first got to Boston, it was, you know, they were almost worse off than, than what the Edmonton Oilers are now with the with the pieces that they had. And what we were able to do was, you know, establish a family and, and, and eventually we turned into, you know, a pain in the ass for, for a lot of teams to play against. And it, and it, and it ended up with the, with the Stanley Cup. So uh, that's something that I see us, you know, doing here. And, and when I talk about 
Peter as a builder, you know, I, that's that's something that from a player standpoint, you know, I, I, I expect him to do. And uh, and, and I have no doubt and, and, and confidence that, that he's going to do that. Well, look, it all sounds good, obviously, in early July when everybody's undefeated. So, but, but I thought that was a very interesting comment by Lucic, and a few of you pointed it out last week that you really enjoyed his thoughts on building a family, not just building a team. And the Boston Bruins, when they peaked, and I mean, and they were good for other years besides the Stanley Cup year, they certainly had skill, they certainly had ruggedness, and they certainly had a bit of that pack mentality. You do something to one of us, you do it to all of us. We get in there, we initiate, or if we have to stand up for each other, we do it. And Lucic has been through that. And when he talks about that attitude and swagger that he wants to bring to the team, I think that's it right there. He wants to initiate. He wants to be the one to inflict pain. He wants other teams to be worried about the Edmonton Oilers. Not as he said, for a long time, teams would play the Edmonton Oilers, and it was as close to a free space on the bingo card as... as you thought it could be because you knew you weren't going to get much coming at you the other way, and you certainly weren't going to get a lot of pushback. So it's interesting that he's comparing them. Now, you know, when he joined Boston, I think they were in a, well, they were in a better place in the standings when he joined them as a rookie. I think for him, he says the Oilers are in a better space because they have McDavid to build around. And, and Boston didn't have anybody of that caliber when he joined the team. Obviously, they got Sagan a little bit later on. So Lucic putting out that family comment, and to me that is an interesting one, and that, that he is going to bring that to the dressing room. Dan texts in, he says, I don't see Lucic dropping his shoulders and head night in and night out, getting sent to the end of the bench by his coach, and overall just not being a positive leader like Hall has done for the last three years. Positivity breeds positivity, and that is from Dan. You can text 636-3780-496-0063. The Oilers are having their orientation camp in Jasper this week. Tom Gazzola will check in for an update after 7. Have a little uh, more of a comment about the physical nature of the game and how Peter Shirelli is trying to take the Oilers in that direction when we get back. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 6.50. Tom Gazzola from Jasper coming up. Jesse Pugliarve, Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, Drake Kajula among the players participating in the Oilers orientation camp. He'll have the update. Morley Scott with the Eskimo Show from 8 to 9 tonight. We've got an abbreviated edition of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. This texture says, read on average how many games have McDavid Eberle and Hall missed individually. How many games has Lucic missed due to injury? Without knowing the stats, I'm sure the first three each have missed more games than Lucic. I'm also willing to bet that Lucic has uh, more games in. I'm not worried about his contract at all. Uh, This other texture says, Lucic feels like Horkoff to me. I worry it will be a deal that the Oilers fans will hate and yearn to get out from under the weight of. The the term should have been shorter. Lots of teams signed decent guys for two to four years. Why can't the Oilers? I I take a little bit of issue with that 
What did Andrew Ladd get? What did Louis Erickson get? What did David Backus get? They all got five years or more, right? I mean, that's the thing. If you're a free agent, you're pushing for the money and or you're pushing for the term. So you, you, at least you get you got a job guaranteed or money coming in guaranteed. I, I didn't see... Uh, I didn't see a lot of players of high-end free agents signing for two to four years on on Friday. I don't know if I saw any. I'd have to go back and look at all the deals. But what really good player that was coveted, like like Lucic, like Bacchus, like Ladd, you know, like Erickson, to name the three forwards that come to mind, which which of them signed for two, three, or four years? None, right? So, I, I mean, that's the thing. If Peter Shirelli goes to Lucic and says, okay, it's three years, or you, you can't, like, I'm not signing you for more than three years, Edmonton is very quickly crossed off the list. That's just the way it goes with free agency. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Especially when the guy's 28. I mean, here's the thing. There are, there are a lot of good players in their early 30s who are very effective NHLers, right? Dean says... Reed, the Oilers may have lost the trade and overpaid, but they are a better team today than they were last week. Uh, the texture says Minnesota only signed Eric Stahl for three years. Was he a high-end free agent? Daryl from Vernon says, uh, Reed, I hate the negative comments about Hall. He was the best player on the Oilers from the minute he stepped on the ice until McDavid came in. He brought it every night. Change needed to happen, but the downfall of the Oilers doesn't fall on Taylor Hall. I could go on and on about his stats. We all know what they are. Love Hall, but I'm also excited about the changes. That is from uh, Daryl from Vernon. Ron, the Iceman, says... Reed, Lucic was not signed for his skating ability. It was for his toughness and his compete level. We have other guys who can skate, and he can give them room and bang in a rebound in front of the net. No more cheap shots from our skill guys. That is from Ron. Did we talk at all last week about, uh, I mean, Lucic should be able to be net front on the power play, right? That's going to help. Southside Rob says, hey, Reed, don't forget about Kyle Poso, who signed for $42 million for seven years. He's a good player. But will he be long term? Fair enough. I mean, I mean, most of the guy. I guess if you put Eric Stahl in that category, which I don't anymore. Okay, fine. One guy out of seven. Most of the top end free agents are getting at least five years. I had a couple texts there about Lucic being physical, pulling the team along. Here's Peter Shirelli talking a bit about a physical game. It's a physical game, yeah. right? So there's there's uh, it, while fighting is uh, is is slowly disappearing from the game. It's a physical game. It's a game of aggression. It's a game of intimidation, and and we have skilled players, and then, and we have other players that have skill that play a physical game, and I think that's important. It's important for a couple of reasons. It gives the guys some space to operate. I'm not just talking about Connor. I'm just talking about we got we have some skilled guys. But really, the most importantly, we I've seen teams have success. I've been part of teams that have had success. You wear guys down. You wear the opposition down. And, uh, and you know, among, among other things, that's what Milan brings. And it's, uh, it's an 82-game season. It's, uh, it, the, the playoffs is, is, is just a grind. Uh, guys just they get worn down. So when you have teams that, that have players that can wear down the opposition and have skill, 
those are hard players to find and then so uh, it, it, that, that's an important part of how we're trying to build this team no we're not trying to get slower it, it's a real heavy division we're in and we got to get out of our division to win the cup so we have to we have to combat the teams that are in our division so there's Peter Shirelli. We started off with one of his comments. We'll finish the hour with him as well. And we started off with him saying that the team has improved significantly. And I know the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, you know, played a bit more of a speed game to win the Stanley Cup this year. I think they still had guys who could grind it out and, and fight for puck possession and win battles and all that kind of thing. But what Peter Shirelli is doing here is looking at the Pacific Division and is saying it is time to fight fire with fire. We are not going to be able to outskate these bigger teams because we will not have the puck enough, because we can't win the puck battles. So again, this is his theory. This is his reputation and his belief in team building that he's putting on the line here. But if you look who he's acquired, Cassian, Maroon, Lucic can lean on guys. You know, I think he, he thinks that Larson can win some puck battles. So he's not saying, oh, yeah, we'll let these, uh, the rest of these teams load up with Neanderthals and we'll outthink them and outskate them. He's saying, no, these big, the big heavy teams, to use the common terminology, have been kicking our butts, the Oilers' butts, for a long time before he was part of the Edmonton Oilers organization. And he's saying, we got to fight fire with fire. we got to have skilled guys who can still make plays if they're a little bigger, and I think Lucic can do that. But this, I mean, look. You can you can you can criticize the moves and hey that Larson for Hall trade for me that was hard to take I mean I look at that and I'm like how do you win that trade especially short term Having said that Shirelli has done a lot of things that you at least people that call into the show and Texas show have been crying out for just get a defenseman at almost any cost and get a team that can stand up to physicality and play a little more intimidating and play a little bigger now we see if the moves work. We'll see the kind of work they're doing out in Jasper at Orientation Camp. Tom Gazzola's up next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.